0: Welcome back to the Corbett Report, ladies and gentlemen. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Hey, remember how absolutely ecstatic that brave defender of progressive values Hillary Clinton was when she received an award from the Planned Parenthood Federation of America named after her personal hero, Margaret Sanger?
1: I have to tell you that um, it was a great privilege when I was told that I would receive this award. uh, I admire Margaret Sanger enormously. Her courage, her tenacity, her vision. Another of my great friends, Ellen Chesler, is here who wrote a magnificent biography of Margaret Sanger called Woman of Valor. And when I think about what she did all those years ago in Brooklyn, taking on archetypes, taking on attitudes and accusations flowing from all directions. I am really in awe of her. And there are a lot of lessons that we can learn from her life and from the cause she launched and fought for and sacrificed so greatly.
0: Ah yes, Margaret Sanger, an empowered woman who bravely took on archetypes and attitudes and accusations and persevered. And thus, the Margaret Sanger Awards were named after her and bestowed on the likes of Hillary Clinton. Just one little problem with that. Oh, yeah. Margaret Sanger is being disowned by Planned Parenthood. (laughs) Yes, you may have heard this little newsflash, Margaret Sanger is being canceled. And here I am with a fact check to say, yes, indeed that is happening. And although they won't get into many specifics of why it's happening, they will at least admit that Margaret Sanger is being canceled. So let's take this straight from the horse's mouth. Why not? We'll go to plannedparenthood.org for this news announcement. Planned Parenthood of Greater New York announces intent to remove Margaret Sanger's name from New York City Health Center. Today, Planned Parenthood of Greater New York announced its plans to remove Margaret Sanger's name from Manhattan Health Center as a public commitment to reckon with its founders' harmful connections to the eugenics movement. PPGNY also announced it is working with the community board, city council, and community to rename an honorary street sign that marks the Margaret Sanger Square at the intersection of Bleecker and Mott Streets in Manhattan. The announcement reflects the first of many organizational shifts to address Sanger's legacy and system of institutional racism, which negatively impacts the well-being of patients, staff, and PPGNY's broader communities. The initiative is part of PPGNY's Reviving Radical Initiative, an initial three-year commitment and framework for holding long overdue dialogues and uplifting a vision for repair and transformation that communities of color and reproductive justice leaders have been calling on for decades. Okay, I'll stop reading there. I will invite you to go to the post, which, of course, I will link up in the show notes so that you can go and read it for yourself and discover that there are several more paragraphs of Blather that follow that initial couple of paragraphs of Blather, but not one word about what the actual specific accusations are here. Why is it suddenly, after literally decades and decades of defending Margaret Sanger's atrocious and obvious and blatant and unrepentant racism and adherence to the eugenics philosophy, why have they suddenly done an about face and decided to take her name off of the, the buildings and the street signs and what have you? Why are they suddenly starting to distance themselves from Margaret Sanger? Well, as I say, please go and read through the entire post and you will discover they will not tell you <laughs> any of that. They're just going to, oh, well, we'll just take the name down and that's that. <laughs> Case closed. All done. Well, not quite. As they say, they are starting a reviving radical initiative, the three-year commitment to over uh, overhaul and uplift their vision for repair and transformation of communities of color, blah, blah, blah. And again, that is a lot of blah, blah, blah. They give five very specific examples of exactly what they're going to do with this reviving Radical community mandates. Number one, reckon with Planned Parenthood's legacy and contributions to historical reproductive harm within communities of color. That'll be interesting. Number two, divest from and dismantle white dominant organizational, cultural norms and values, whatever that means. Number three, adopt individual and institutional practices that value people of color. All right, uh, I don't know how on earth they're going to measure that goal, but there you go. Number four: center communities of color, voice, experience, and knowledge of self. That actually comes in uh, to par- uh, to play with regards to one very specific Margaret Sanger quote. And number five: build accountable relationships with communities of color. Again, a, a lot of touchy feely political blather, which one understands in the current political cli- climate. Why Planned Parenthood is saying this, but. As I say, go read the post for yourself. They will not at all even broach the subject of what it is specifically that Margaret Sanger said or did that they are now trying to distance themselves from. If you want that actual information, you'll have to turn to an online independent source like, say, the Corbett Report. And of course, back, we could trace this back once again to Margaret Sanger, an avowed racist eugenicist. And again, that statement is made advisedly, which can be garnered from her own statements, her own writing, her own correspondence that are all out there and on the record. And we listened earlier to her interesting statement, which she realized she had to amend after making it, that the greatest sin that a family could make is to bring a child into the world. Well, she did affirm that elsewhere in her writing, so that was not just a slip of the tongue. For example, in, uh, in one of her writings, she wrote, quote, the most merciful thing that the large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it, end quote. And just in case there's any confusion about what the driving agenda and ideology behind the American Birth Control League and Planned Parenthood really was, she wrote about this in great length in various essays and articles and in the Birth Control League uh, official publication, where she wrote things like, quote, The campaign for birth control is not merely of eugenic value, but is practically identical with the final aim of eugenics. And, quote, eugenics is the most adequate and thorough avenue to the solution of racial, political, and social problems, end quote. Now, quotations like that, when they're delivered out of context like that, tend to instill in a lot of people out there the idea, well, this really is all about helping the poor people. This is all about creating the nicer conditions for for human society generally so that people can get along and prosper and be happy. But there is the underlying niggly little detail that this is an absolute dagger aimed at the very populations it is supposed to be helping. In the time-honored tradition of wolves in sheep's clothing, so too has the American Birth Control League and Planned Parenthood been very careful to cloak its real agenda behind woolly rhetoric about helping the poor, when in fact the poor and hatred of them are the very core of Margaret Sanger's eugenics ideology. And again, this is garnered from her writings, such as, quote, all of our problems are the result of overbreeding among the working class, End quote. And, quote, It now remains for the U.S. government to set a sensible example to the world by offering a bonus or yearly pension to all obviously unfit parents who allow themselves to be sterilized by harmless and scientific means. In this way, the moron and the diseased would have no posterity to inherit their unhappy condition. The number of the feeble-minded would decrease and a heavy burden would be lifted from the shoulders of the fit." End quote. Now, again, there doesn't have to be much speculation about who she was talking about when she talked about the morons and the unhappy offspring of these diseased and feeble-minded people, because she did in great detail and at many different occasions outline exactly who she was talking about, namely the members of that working class that the liberal left intelligentsia of today seem to think that they're helping with things like Planned Parenthood, and more specifically, that subset of the working class who happens to be non-white, which is not an incidental part of this. In fact, in the 1930s, Margaret Sanger and her American Birth Control League cronies were working on something called the Negro Project, which was self-admittedly designed to exterminate the Negro population, once again, this is not my take on it. This is directly from her own writings. In a 1939 letter to Dr. Clarence Gamble of Procter & Gamble fame, she wrote, quote, The minister's work is also important, and he should be trained, perhaps by the Federation, as to our ideals and the goals that we hope to reach. We do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population, and the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. End quote. Margaret Sanger was a rabid racist eugenicist who hungered for the extermination of the Negro population and of the working class generally as her solution to the ills of society. This was driven by a racist and unscientific eugenics philosophy which has been completely discredited scientifically and in every other aspect, but which was wildly popular in her time amongst the, well, extremely rich and extremely powerful individuals of society. So again, once again, for all of those people out there who like to think that they're part of the inside club and, yeah, there are too many people in this planet and there are too many working class and feeble-minded people who are breeding, that's why me and my type should be allowed to breed more well here's a hint for you in the eyes of people like margaret sanger unless your last name happens to be a uh, a wells or a huxley or a uh, or a rockefeller or a rothschild or a morgan or something along those lines you're probably not part of the club that she wants to help foster and help to propagate into the next generation oh yes all of those quotations are real, and you can go look them up for yourself. I'll even include a link to the scan of that actual letter, the infamous 1939 letter that Sanger wrote to Dr. C.J. Gamble in which she announced the Negro Project. We don't want word to go out that our aim is to exterminate the Negro population. You can go read that for yourself online uh, and verify it, uh, that all of those quotations are true and accurate. And Yes, this is not news to anyone, for example, in the Corporate Report audience, as what you have just watched is a clip from episode 271 of the Corporate Report podcast on Planned Parenthood Exposed. No, Sanger's risible, contemptible views are only news uh, to people trapped in mainstream land who receive their allowable opinion from the arbiters of woke culture, uh, as defined in the current moment. So... For example, if you turn to that bastion of truthiness, the place that will tell you what is true and what is false, uh, Snopes, you will find that you don't have to dig very deep in the internet archives to see sites like Snopes sticking their neck out and defending Sanger against these crazy conspiracy theorists and their charges of racism and and other uh, contemptible eugenical views that were held by the likes of Sanger. For example, We can turn back way back in the mists of time to 2015 when Snopes set the record straight. Does a photograph show Planned Parenthood's founder at a KKK rally? And (laughs) in typical fact-checker fashion, if you don't know how this works, please do see For example, my previous fact check on Bill Gates and vaccines or the recent episode on who will fact check the fact checkers. Uh, But in typical fact checking fashion, they take an example. They take, in this case, a photograph of Margaret Sanger at a KKK rally and say, look, guys, this is a photoshopped photo. This is not an actual photo of Margaret Sanger attending a KKK rally asterisks way down at the bottom. Oh, by the way, she really did attend a KKK rally, but this isn't a picture of it. (laughs) So again, missing the point by a mile, but of course that's exactly the point of things like that. No, this is a fake photoshopped photo. This isn't real. Oh, and by the way, she really was speaking to a K.K. rally. We just don't have a photograph of it. Or uh, how about this one from August of 2015? Did Margaret Sanger decry Slavs and Jews as human weeds? Where once again, they, 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 they go to task on this stupid meme that's popped up on Facebook and social media. It's totally fake news saying that Margaret Sanger called Jews and Slavs human weeds. She said nothing of the sort about Jews and Slavs specifically. Oh, and by the way, here's the piece that she wrote in the New York Times in 1923 that specifically says, quote, Birth control is not contraception indiscriminately and thoughtlessly practiced. It means the release and cultivation of the better racial elements in our society and the gradual suppression, elimination, and eventual extirpation of defective stocks, those human weeds which threaten the blooming of the finest flowers of American civilization, end quote. (laughs) See? Totally different than what that silly meme was saying. (laughs) Yes, the typical fact-checking nonsense you would expect from Snopes and their ilk. See, you know, Margaret Sanger, she was totally hip and progressive and always was, and you're just a crazy conspiracy theorist if you want to call her racist or anything of the sort. And then... (laughs) (laughs) July 23rd, 2020, Margaret Sanger's name to be dropped from NYC Clinic over Eugenics Connection. Yes, Snopes literally just reproduces the AP article about Sanger being dropped over her eugenics and racist racist beliefs, but will they go back and amend any of their previous material on Sanger? Will they acknowledge this in any way? Nope, they've just... They've just uh, said what is the currently acceptable, politically allowable opinion right now at the moment and move on as if nothing ever happened. And so you would think in any sort of sensible universe, the people who have been defending Sanger and her legacy for decades now uh, would... Take a moment of self-reflection, a little pause for thought about wow, we seems we were really, really, really wrong about all of this for a very long time, and now we are being put in our place, and we've been humbled, and we won 't presume to be telling people that they are wrong because they've misinterpreted or this this facebook meme gets gets the context of some quote slightly wrong or something like that no we will we will really do our best to 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 actually verify what it is that went no, of course, this is not a sensible universe, and that is not going to happen. Uh, The organizations and the journalists and everyone else that have been defending Sanger for all this time will simply now join in on the acceptable politically correct slogans of the moment. Black Lives Matter or whatever it is we're supposed to say, they will say those words and they assure themselves that they are part of the cool kids club and that they're woke and that'll be that. And they'll just, there will be no pretzel knot twisting to try to justify previous behavior. There will be no amendments or or anything. They'll just simply move on as if they've always believed this. And you'd be crazy if you didn't. So it is, I suppose, in some sense vindication that even now the most mainstreamy, blandy, toast establishment mouthpiece media organs like USA Today are running op-eds with titles like Remove Statues of Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood Founder Tied to Eugenics and Racism. But I, I'm pretty sure that all of the previous Defenders, the Snopes and the Time magazines and all of those, will be continue to be comfortable in pretending that they are the arbiters of truth and crazy conspiracy outlets like the corporate report, uh, even though they were absolutely correct all along, are still wrong. Conspiracy theorists are wrong, even when they're right, as I noted in a recent propaganda watch. Um, So let's continue, actually, because, of course, now this little bit is coming out in a sort of controlled way, and you can even point to a group called Save PPGNY, Save Planned Parenthood of Greater New, New York, uh, which is a group of employees, disgruntled employees, who are now trying to blow the whistle on the CEO of PPGNY and talking about the racist founder of Planned Parenthood and things like that and dealing with the racist legacy. And, and it's going to be moved into the, the Black Lives Matter mainstream conversation that's happening right now. But before we move on from this subject, I mean, let's, let's make a note of this. This is not just about Margaret Sanger. This is not just about racism. This is not just some tangential thing that, oh, there was this kind of problem with something that the founder of this organization once said, but that's the ancient history. No, 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 no. This is still an ongoing problem and one that needs to be brought out fully so that it isn't covered up, just as Margaret Sanger's beliefs and ideas have been covered up for decades, even though they're right there in front of your face and you could read them at any time. So, let's put it on the record. The American Birth Control League, which evolved into Planned Parenthood, but was exactly institutionally identical to Planned Parenthood, uh, it was the birthplace of Planned Parenthood. It boasted such such sterling board members as Lothrop, the rising tide of color, Stoddard. Uh, it, the League's Birth Control Review, which was its uh, 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 magazine, its, its periodical, published such luminaries as American eugenicist Harry Laughlin and Nazi eugenicist Ernst Rudin, and a whole slew of other literal card-carrying eugenic society members, and uh, the model eugenic sterilization bill that was used as the basis for the involuntary sterilization laws that were implemented throughout the United States. And of course, you can find out more information about that in Why Big Oil Conquered the World. And it's not like any of this uh, actually changed when... The, the name was changed from the American Birth Control League into Planned Parenthood. No, everything continued exactly as before, including the actual literal card-carrying eugenicists who sat on its board.
1: One issue that really grabbed me as, as urgent uh, was were issues related to population, uh, reproductive health. But did you come to reproductive issues as an intellectual? When I was growing up, my parents were always involved in
0: various uh, uh, volunteer things. My dad was uh, head of Planned Parenthood, and it was very controversial uh, to be involved with that. So the question remains, is Bill Gates motivated by eugenics? Given that eugenics went underground over half a century ago, we are unlikely ever to unearth a frank admission along those lines from Gates himself. After all, there are no longer any card-carrying members of the American Eugenics Society. The society was rebranded in the 1970s when, as the society's founder noted, it became evident that changes of a eugenic nature would be made for reasons other than eugenics, and that tying a eugenic label on them would more often hinder than help their adoption. But there was an American Eugenics Society in the 1920s, and it just so happened to boast a William H. Gates on its member roster, but perhaps that is just a coincidence. And there was an American Eugenic Society in the 1960s when William H. Gates II was preceded as head of Planned Parenthood by Alan Guttmacher, who simultaneously served as the director of the American Eugenics Society. And perhaps it was coincidence that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation organized their London Summit on Family Planning, at which the Gates recommitted themselves to funding population control in the Third World, in July 2012, on the anniversary of the first International Eugenics Congress held in London exactly 100 years prior. Yes, the eugenics ideology is still around today, and it is still guiding the thoughts, deeds and actions of the billionaires and their ilk who presume to run the world. And yes, you can still find, well, if not literal card-carrying eugenicists, certainly adherence to those ideas amongst the, the jet-setting international uh, organization class, like, I would posit the Gates. Obviously, that is a clip from Who is Bill Gates? And obviously, you can go back to the transcript for more information and links to more sources on that. I would also, on this note, I would highly recommend Why Big Oil Conquered the World to talk more about the history of eugenics and what it really, where it came from, how it was pushed by the Rockefellers and their ilk, and where it is going in the future towards transhumanism and technocracy, because that is ultimately where we are being pushed societally, and being pushed specifically by the people who have uh, 10-digit, 11-digit, 12-digit bank accounts. Unless you are part of that club, unless you were part of those family lines, unless your last name is a Rockefeller or a Gates or a a Rothschild or an Astor or something along those lines, you are not part of the club. So to all the racists in the audience who, well, uh, we do have to get rid of the the black weeds or the colored people or or," in case there is anyone of that ilk in my audience, and I can't imagine why there would be, but in case there are, hey, guess what? They're coming for you too. It is not about race. It is about the 99.9999% of all of us versus the 0.00001% of the elite, so-called the elitists, uh, more to the point, who would presume to rule over humanity and ultimately eliminate humanity through sterilization of various means, voluntary or not. And oh, wouldn't you know it, shock I mean, we've been telling you all these decades to worry about overpopulation. There's too many people, there's too many people, but now shocking headlines. There's an incredible plummeting uh, fertility rate throughout the world, and the human population is going to start shrinking rapidly towards the end of this century. Who would have thought? Wow, you know, wow, I wonder how that happened. So yes, eugenics is still around. It is still very, very much a guiding, determinant philosophy for the would-be rulers of humanity. And as Andrew Hoffman put it, I think quite succinctly and quite correctly in the most recent edition of Revelations Radio News podcast, he said, there is no institutional racism without the guiding ideology of eugenics. So I hope, I would hope, that if nothing else, this current c- climate, the political climate of wokeness and Black Lives Matter and all of this would at least start to hone in on and uncover some more of this deeper agenda rather than just looking for buzzwords and looking for trite meaningless blather about reviving communities and all of that that's completely meaningless and will not be measured or measurable in any meaningful way. Instead, if we were looking to actual, real guiding ideology, where it comes from and what it aims at, well, then perhaps this current political climate could actually have some positive effects. I am not holding my breath for that to appear in the pages of... USA Today or Time Magazine or on the website of Snopes. But uh, we will will see if we can push it through here in the independent media. Anyway, as I say, there's a lot of information to go through today, a lot of sources that people will need to check into, and I encourage them to do so
1: at CorbettReport.com. That's going to do it for today. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com.